Hey, it's BT with Tales from a Gemini. My guest today is Dominica Genova, uh, known as Dominica Rides on our YouTube channel. She's been the host for the Red Bill Rookies Cup for the last three years. And I thought I knew her, but man, I discovered so much more about her in this little chat we had. I think you're going to love this. Please welcome my guest, Miss Dominica Rides. Yeah. This one has been a long time in the running. Why hit that time? Why hit that time? I can't wait for this one. Here we go. One, two, one, two, three. Hey, it's BT with Tales from a Gemini, and I have been waiting for this one for a long time. I have been hitting this woman up, and she's been so busy, and I thought she was just blowing me off, but she's really busy. I saw how she works. She's been really busy. She's the host of the Red Bull, Red Bull Rookies Cup. She is a literally, she was literally a model. I mean, a model. And now she's killing it in life. She's a little injured right now, but she's killing life. Please welcome my guest, Miss Dominica Rise. Dominica, uh, how do you pronounce your last name? Gernova? Gernova. <laughs> how are you, Dominica? Hi, I'm very well. Except that I'm injured, I'm very well. Thank you for asking. I saw that crash, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. And first of all, I have to apologize to you because I'm going to say it right now. When I first saw you, I thought you were just a pretty face who they put uh, to host the Red Bull. And I thought, eh, whatever. And then I went to your Instagram and you really ride and you race yeah. and you and you were all about that life. So let me apologize to you first by saying <laughs> I didn't take you seriously, but now I do. And you hit the ground hard on that crash. So tell me what happened. Well, basically, I went for a, just a fun ride with my colleague from work. Um, he brought two motorcycles, one Yamaha and one Husqvarna 250. And my, the bike I was riding had a reclass, re reclass or reclutch. <laughs> Not quite <laughs> sure how to pronounce it, but it's, it's a modification you do to your bike and you move the rear brake and you put it where the clutch is. Oh, okay. So okay. then you have the, the front brake in your right arm, the rear brake in your left arm, and you still have to shift. So it's like semi-automatic. So you still shift down gear and up, uh, up gear everything regularly mm -hmm. without a clutch. So the bike is stable, with, like not when you're in neutral, but even when you're in gear. And I was going downhill. Obviously, I'm not used to this um, change. Right. And I do like a clutch and a rear brake. <laughs> and going downhill, I accidentally went into neutral. The bike started accelerating. There was deep gravel. And then I had to do an emergency brake. I was looking for the rear brake. There's no rear brake. So then I guess I squeezed the front brake too hard. And I lost the front and the bike threw me straight to the ground and I crashed um, with oh. my shoulder. Like the first one, the first impact was this way. Yeah. And the second impact was here. So I also hurt my uh, head twice, like banged my head down two times. So yeah. I, I just came back from the, oh, wait, I just lost this. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm still getting used to this because I just came back from the orthoped, the yeah. doctor. Yeah. And he told me I have to wear these and not move at all uh, my shoulder. So this one is pushing the acromion, which I dislocated down. Oh. And I also had a head concussion and the disc discs in my neck uh, moved. So they're like twisted. So he did some magic today, and um, hopefully when I go there a few times, he will ease the pain. He gave me uh, new painkillers, okay. and we have to take care of the inflammation that is uh, in the shoulder. So nothing oh. is broken, dislocated, but it's still painful. I don't want to swear. <laughs> so, no, yeah. go ahead. No, go ahead. Be who you are. I mean, seriously. Painful go yeah. <laughs> AF, a painful oh. AF. <laughs> Honestly, man, I, I saw that crash on, when you put it on social media and I was like, oh my God, my baby. I mean, that's the kind of crash that makes you think twice about riding sometimes. Because I've seen all your clips and I've seen you fall and everything like that. Yeah. And you get back I up. I crashed many, many times. I ride six years, maybe seven now. I stopped counting. Yeah. <laughs> 
And uh, I never got injured. Um, thanks God to my knee braces. Knee braces are really important. Some people wear knee pads, but that's not going to help you if you crash, not to torn your ligaments, because this is the problem. Right. Um, you have to look after your ligaments in your knees. So my knees got safe. I had an impact in my um, hip bones as well. Yeah. The hip bones, that was a little painful too. But if I was not wearing my protective gear, which is like a elite body armor, that probably this would be a lot worse. And I had an AGC helmet that saved my head as well. I mean, the, 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 the impact was pretty hard because I was not expecting to crash. And I started going very fast, which means I lost control of the bike. And it all happened just, you know, like bad that. moment like that, very yeah. fast. And then I rode 30 minutes from the mountain to go back home. And my boyfriend saw me on the navigation and he was like, he called me and he said, why are you on the main road? <laughs> and then I said, um, uh, I had a crash. Uh, he said, do you need a hospital? I said, probably yes. And then I came back home. Um, my friend loved the bikes. He apologized a million times, even though it was not his fault at all. It was just bad timing. And uh, yeah, we went to the hospital. Now, does this, and I always ask people this because uh, it's just the truth. Like sometimes when you have that really, really, I mean, you've crashed before, but this is probably your worst crash. Does it, yeah. that, does it scare you a little bit? Like a, a make you apprehensive, that is, about riding again? No, the thing is that they always say that if you crash, try to ride as, as um, fast but, as possible to go back on the bike. Yeah. For example, when I had my first crash on the track that mm -hmm. was in Silverstone, I was at the California Superbike School and I was riding a Ducati Supersport S. I basically missed my turning point. I was a bit tired after lunch. It was hot, you know, the English heat and everything. And I just like slide and went straight to the gravel, which means my bike just dipped into the gravel and like fell on my leg. Nothing happened to me or the bike. And then the coaches said, okay, you're good to ride? We go straight on the bike. The only thing that got hurt was my confidence. Yes. You know what? And, and it's kind of funny because we're kind of in a way, in a way, I mean, obviously you have the beauty, but in a way we're kind of the same in the fact that I've done a California Superbike school also. And I think I'm at the same level you are, except for like, I've gone off, the, I've gone off the track, never crashed, but I've gone off the track. And you're so right. After lunch is probably the most dangerous session ever because you're, you're a little tired. And if it's out of focus, all the blood is in your stomach because you're digesting. And that was I just was a little more confident and I was like, yeah, I'm going for it. I'm going for it. We have two more sessions. And that was, I was going, if I was going slightly slower, probably I would be able to turn, but I was too scared to lean too much because I didn't know how to get my knee down back then. That was like a few years ago. Luckily we know how to get the <laughs> knee down now. Well, that, well, that's where you have an advantage over me. I've never gotten my knee down and it's killing me. And I've you know, it's scary. The first moment you hear that, like you really get scared and like you kind of go, oh, what happened there? Oh, I got my knee down. And then it's like a great moment to remember for the rest of your life. Yeah, but I don't know that moment. I, cause I don't, I haven't done <laughs> you it will yet. Find I don't know that. I, I've ha I had my, where my boot got cut, cut underneath the, the foot peg and it was like, <laughs> but it wasn't my knee. And I was like, ah, and I go, oh, that was my boot. So I'm this close. And, you and have it's to relax and stop thinking about it or then do what I did. Go and do pit bike training, which is a lot easier and a lot more safer to get your knee down. Yes, but you had the greatest rider in the world help you, which is Martin well, Marquez. Marquez showing me how you to had Mar bike. Marquez. You cheated. I mean, honestly, that's I great. I didn't call him. He was just there watching. <laughs> yeah, he was just there, like, oh, Mark's just hanging out, like watching hot chicks ride motorcycles. Go, hey, let me go help. Uh, let me go help Dominica. <laughs> really? I mean, come on now. He was also his brother, Alex Marquez. Both of them were watching what I was doing, which was like no pressure on my riding skills. <laughs> right? <laughs> so you had the two best riders in the world. You have two world champions helping you out. Between the both of them, they, between the both of them, there's literally 11 world championships, and they help you. They just happen to help you out. So yeah, you got a little bit of advantage. Ring, riding Ovale, um, it was perfect, the perfect way to get my knee down for the first time because the speed and the distance is a lot smaller, which means it's a lot safer. And when you make a mistake, 
even though like Ovale is not forgiving because it's so sensitive, you still like, I got scared. I pulled my knee back up and then I was like, oh yeah, I can actually do this. And then I started putting more and more pressure. So it was I, great. With I, big bikes, it's a lot more scarier, I would say. But I loved it because when you did it and you came in, everybody came and they, and I yeah. thought that was so great. That's all the mechanics from the Rookie's Cup. They, they were lo- supporting me. They loved you. And, and honestly, I thought that was great. And also the one the, the one crash I thought it was really tough was uh, when you inside the go-kart uh, track, when you crashed yeah. there, you crashed oh, twice yeah, yeah. at the same corner. I had a bruise on my elbow. That was just that. That's just a bruise. That was the right. And again, um, it was a, a, I lost my concentration, maybe trying too hard or I was focusing too much on my body position and not looking. And the first time I was almost went to crash into the wall and then I pulled it and then tried to save it. But then I crashed. And the second time I thought I'm my, my guess, but it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, he makes it look easy, but it's harder than it looks, you know? Of course, it's years and years of dedication and training and sacrifices. And these people, it's they're, Olymp- you know, Olympic athletes. They really are. And speaking of which, honestly, like if anybody's watching right now, you're wondering where her accent comes from. You are Slovakian. Am I correct? Slovakian, and I grew up in Greece. You grew up in Greece, okay. And now, which came first, you being a model or or becoming a, a rebel uh, rookie? So I started modeling in two thousand four. And, and how, how, how did that come about? How did that come about? I mean, were were you discovered? Were you like at a? Uh, my sister, my sister is like five years older than me, and she wanted to be a model. Uh-huh. Um, she was always trying to get into the fashion world. I was doing karate and I was back in school, so I was not interested. Yeah, I'm a black belt in karate. You're a you black belt in karate. I did not know that. See, if you're watching now and, you, and you're thinking about making a move on her, she knows karate and her boyfriend's a doctor. I mean, she can beat you up and he can patch you up. So just so you know. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. In 2002, I was uh, the world, not the world, but the, the champion in Greece in karate, actually. The, like world, worldwide champion in Greece. Are you serious? I did not know this about you. So let's go back to our story. Yeah, I was doing karate and I was back in school. So I was very um, a tomboy kid. I was enjoying activities and stuff. And then my sister, um, she was studying and then she heard on the radio that there's a casting for the elite model look contest. It's a competition. Do you know elite agency? Who doesn't? Yeah. I mean, I'm, back in my day, I was kind of good looking too. So you ain't the only one. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> so Elite is a worldwide agency, very well known. And they were organizing like worldwide competitions. And uh, there was a casting to find the right girls. So I went there with my sister and my sister was the one that joined the casting. But I was waiting outside. Some people from the crew were went outside for a cigarette. They saw me. They asked me what I'm doing there. I said, I'm waiting for my sister. So they convinced me to join and do the casting as well. Uh, short story long, I ended up winning that competition in Greece. And that's how my modeling career started because I went for the international to Shanghai. There were girls, beautiful girls from all over the world. Like, you know, I was representing Greece. There was girls from uh, Holland, you know, Bulgaria, Romania, Slovakia, Czech Republic. Sweden. Uh, all, all the countries, exactly. And uh, then scouters from Japan saw me. So when I came back to Greece, they contacted the, the people that organized this whole competition. And they said, we want her to come to Japan and start to like, work as a model with a contract. So then my first trip ever was in Japan and I ended up staying six months there and working as a model and it was, yeah, pretty awesome and perfect way to start my career. First of all, I mean, that's, it's unbelievable. You make it sound like it's just a whole hum, but it's like you were just sitting there waiting on on your sister and I was like, hey, by the way, you ever thought about doing this? Eh, maybe. And now you're living in Japan for six months being a model. I mean, I was a teenager, like what's better for a teenager to go and, you know, avoid school and be in <laughs> Japan well, and play dress up. That's how I saw it. I didn't see it as work. I just saw it as an opportunity to expand and open, um, like, you know, the perceptions and everything in your life and just 
getting you something new. Well, what was the original plan then? Like uh, before Motley came along, if you if you had to go on that trip with your I sister, I wanted to become a police uh, officer or a vet or a karate, open my own karate school or a teacher. I like animals, but then I could not stand the blood. So yeah. vet, that was not uh, possible. Yeah. And maybe maybe a police officer or um, a karate teacher. But do you do you ever th- do you ever think about getting an MMA? No, no, but well, it was tricky because then when I was seventeen, I got diagnosed with a heart syndrome, and I had to stop doing karate and I had to stop any kind of exercise. So oh. then that plan was cancelled too. So then I ended up going with modeling. Wow. I, what kind of heart condition was it, by the way? What kind of heart it's condition? Called, it's, I still have it. It's called Wolf-Parkinson-White. It's a heart syndrome that gives you arrhythmia and tachycardia. Oh, my God. Are you going to be okay? I mean, are you going to be... I guess so. If I have a calm life and I don't stress, which is basically impossible. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will try to keep this kind of down on the down low here. And, oh, and- yeah, this is fine. Don't worry. So, okay, does it affect your motorcycle riding? Because, you know, I've seen you. You, you do the enduro. You, yeah, you go to mountains. And I saw that I one. Learned, like, I learned to listen to my body. And I learned to listen. Like, you know, every human has their own limits and boundaries. And I learned where I can push, where I cannot. Some days are good. Some days are bad. It's good to listen to our body because not every day is the same. And the day I crash... That, that crash actually the whole day I felt a bit not dizzy but you know like a blurry vision and I was not maybe 100% focused and concentrated so even my reactions were a lot slower so maybe I should have called it off but I really wanted to go and ride with my friend and we said oh it's just a fun ride but you know as you can see things bad things can happen even if it's a fun ride okay so how did you not like you know, you crash and you, first your body goes into shock a little bit. So did you have to like purposely think I got to slow my breathing down so it didn't accelerate my heart? And I mean, did you uh, think about that? Basically, yeah. Like I do meditation and yoga just to manage, you know, to be nice and calm. Um, it doesn't work always. <laughs> Sometimes it won't. You know, I was going to say that because honestly, you know, and I, I, I mean this from the bottom of my heart, when I ride my motorcycle and, you know, anytime you ride, especially on the street or whatever, you get in those yeah. tricky conditions and I swear yoga makes me go, and it happens so quick, but that breathing and that meditation helps you go, it calms you down. And it's the weirdest thing because it happens so quickly, but that's when the breathing kicks in and I, and I attribute that to all those years of yoga that I do and still do. That's so good that you do yoga. Well done. So look at that. I told you, we're like this. I mean, we really are, except for the heart condition. We're like this, except for how do you, this sounds weird, but how do you keep your body in such great shape? Because honestly, I look at you and you're like this. And so in being a model, like, did you ever have any, like, food? uh, I was, no, I was one of the lucky ones. Um, My jeans, thanks to mom and dad. (laughs) Uh, I don't put weight on. I'm very lucky. Even though, like, I'm also very active. It's not like I sit on the sofa and watch TV all day long. I do like to do things and I move a lot. I don't go running due to my heart condition, but I try to do yoga every day. Um, Maybe, you know, if it's 10 minutes or an hour or two hours, it depends how much time I have. Um, Just a little bit. It doesn't matter. You can also do yoga for five minutes. (laughs) Yeah, uh, better than nothing. I, I I like I said every every morning every morning I do yoga and it helps good, me good. in yeah. just life. Start the day in a good way. Yes. Now, so let's fast forward. When did the love of motorcycles come in? Was it always there or how did it come about? Because I remember you saying something on your website. You said um, you thought maybe because of society that you'd never get to ride. And I was like, yes. why? What? And why did you think that? <laughs> When I was a kid, I used to, like, the area where I grew up, there were lots of enduro and motocross. And every time I would see that bike, like, I could see the sparkles in my eyes, be like, Mom, well, like, this is what I want to do. This is what I like. And my mom would be like, no, you know, like this, like, this is, um, how do you say, for granted. Uh, uh, like, this is, you know, this is uh, not 
forbidden. forbidden yeah. Yeah. This is forbidden. This is especially when you're a woman. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody encourage you to say, oh, yeah, yeah, go for it. I'll take you to school and you'll start riding. No, and I was begging my parents to take me to a riding school or just to, you know, start a little entry into the motorcycle world. Uh, of course not. It was a big no-no. And uh, then when I met my boyfriend, he had a Harley Davidson, a soft tail heritage from the 97. Uh-huh. We used to ride together yes. until he decided to customize his motorcycle, which I totally understand now. But back then, I didn't understand and I got really angry. And then he brought the bike and he said, do you like it? And I'm like, yeah, but there's no seat for me. <laughs> like, how are we going to ride together? <laughs> and he said, mm, yeah, but it looks better like this, right? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, then I told him okay you have two options we're gonna break up or I'm buying my own motorcycle and he said okay let's go and buy a motorcycle I'm like no I can't do that (laughs) and back then uh, I was 27 years old living in London very independent in general I'm like very independent since uh, I was a teenager um, I make my own money. I had some savings and we went to the bike shed for breakfast. You know the bike shed? Yes. I, I met the people from LA. I met those people from the bike shed uh, from England. I met them in Austin for the GP. Okay, they're a good friend of mine. They know me. Yeah, they're great. I love them. Good yeah. people. Great people. And and I and I saw a motorcycle there. There was a Honda CBF 250, fully customized. And I fell in love with it. So when we went back home, I start thinking about that bike and dreaming about it. And then my boyfriend said, come on, silly, let's go buy it. And I said, no, no, like, you know, it's forbidden. I cannot because, as I said, the society and the family and every all my surroundings, especially also as a model, nobody will say, OK, go do it. And then you don't believe in yourself. Nobody supports you and you end up, you know, the dream is fading away. But he actually uh, knows me very well, and I was so happy and grateful that he was supportive. And we went together. We bought the bike. Uh, I was so excited. Obviously, I had no driving license, so we had to ride it, um, ride it on the my boyfriend's name. Uh-huh. And we had the bike in our garage in London, and I was secretly <laughs> learning in the garage in Hoxton Square in London how to change gear in the car park. <laughs> Uh, well, I was also doing my uh, riding license, but um, I had the bike in the garage. Yeah. And in the meantime, I was working as a model full time and also going for lessons to get my riding license. It took me around eight months, I would say. And then when I actually learned how to ride, when I took the bike for a spin, I said, oh, it's too slow, 250. Like, it's not good enough for me. <laughs> Not fast enough. Yeah. And then we we went back to the bike shed. We gave the bike back. We saw. We I we asked kindly asked them if they can sell it. They say of course we can sell it. And then I bought my Ducati Scrambler, which eight hundred cc. I thought okay, it's too big for me. I'm a beginner. But step by step, you know, we customize it. I learn it, and that's how I become Dominica Rides. Yeah. <laughs> And then a star is born. And let me tell you something. I rode that Ducati and Sorry, that. I, got, I lost you for a second. Would you mind repeating? Oh, I said, I said, uh, I, I got that uh, Ducati, uh, Ducati Scrambler. I test yeah. rode that. And that's yeah. a great, that's a great bike. That is an it's awesome bike. It's a fantastic bike because it's a motorcycle that is not too tall, not too heavy. It Just, has like on-off tires, good for a little gravel. It's not gonna, you know, it's not too sporty. It's in between. It's really nice. It was perfect for beginner. Maybe a bit too fast, 800 cc yeah. for a beginner. But I was riding in first and second gear through all the whole London. <laughs> <laughs> and say, change the gear. <laughs> Well, you know what, honestly, and that's where, to me, that's where, like I say, I apologize because I literally was like, eh, it's just a pretty face. She doesn't know anything about motorcycles, but watching you, and but watching you on your YouTube channel, go to her YouTube channel, Dominica Rides. Her YouTube channel is great because she reviews all these motorcycles. And let me tell you something. What's like, what I like about you is she doesn't hold back. Cause you, there's a bike, there's there's a bike that you don't like, and you say it. I think it, and correct me if I'm wrong. It's a Triumph, isn't it? You say you don't like the 
triumphs. He said, oh. I just, I just, he goes, I don't like the way they sound. I don't like the way I'm like, oh my God. I mean, who says that? You can have preferences, right? You don't need to like everything. <laughs> Well, you know what? I guess they're not putting money in your pocket, but I was like, oh my God. I mean, nobody really does that. Only you. I mean, you usually people go, well, this bike, the bike. You go, nah, I don't really like the Triumph. I don't know what it is. I, I like to be honest. Like, it's not about the money. You have to stay true to yourself, to what you like, what would you go for. And also, if I'm not going to spend my own money, for example, okay, a company sends me this. It's for free. And then they say, oh, can you advertise it? We'll also pay you. If I was not spending my own money to buy this, I'm not going to advertise it on my channel. I'm not going to share it with my followers. Only oh, this no. product. And I truly believe in this. This way, you stay true to yourself, true to your followers. And then they learn that you're not just a, an influencer advertising, you know, advertisement. Because nowadays, most of the influencers, okay, they become like, you know, like whores. <laughs> they yeah. say yes to everything. <laughs> and it's super sad because it's not about, <laughs> it, it, it's like you do an advertising. But for example, I'm a Quadlock ambassador. Quadlock, I bought my first Quadlock. I was advertising it without the company even contacted me. And then they con they saw my, con like what I did and they sent me some free stuff and slowly step by step. I become an ambassador because it's a huge part of my life. Like quadlog is always there. Bicycle, riding, I have this thing for the arm, you know, like here in my office. I don't know if you can see that. Like this is a charging thing. It's perfect. Yes. I always use it and I love it. So why not become an ambassador as well? Because it's a part of my life. It's not just about the money. I think that's beautiful. Like I said, I, I mean, I'm discovering you in a whole different light. And I think it's great because, I mean, who does have integrity now? And that's the thing about it. It's like everybody's saying yes to this, yes to that. Yeah. And you get it and you go, really? And so in a way, looking at it like you said, yeah, if you say you didn't like it, like, whoa. So it makes, I think it makes people go, okay, I'm going to try it and see if, see if she was right about this or like, okay, if she didn't like it, then, huh, let me see if she's liking this or whatever. And I like that, then I might like this. So they're going to trust people, your honesty. People ask me like, oh, like, should I buy a Triumph Tiger or Multistrada? And I'm like, dude, I might like Multistrada a lot more than you, but you should go test ride both bikes and see what do you prefer? What makes you smile? What makes you happy? What suits your body type? You cannot ask me just because I like it, what should I buy? I always say to them, test ride both options and whatever makes your heart happy, then go for that. Mike, and what makes your heart happy is you've ridden literally every discipline. I sit there and I remember following you when I first started following you. I was like, okay, let's see what this is about. And then I'm like, okay, she's riding enduro. Okay. And then like, she's riding flat track. Okay. Only thing you haven't ridden, and I want to see you ride. I want to see you do a drag. I want to see you do a drag bike. I want to see yeah, you. I started flat track, and I was invited. Well, that's how I got into flat track. I got invited by ITV4 in UK to race a dirt quake. It's a fun event where you can race, and as you can see, that's my trophies over there. So it's like two, two, and the first one is in Greece. So that's what I want. I want two I times. I I saw that race where you got second. You did a damn good job. I got second. If you would have pushed yourself a little bit, I think if I would have coached you, I think you would have won. I was too scared. I was still a model with zero experience in motorcycles. They keep watering the track all the time, which means it was very slippery when the ladies went out, and it was perfect when the guys went out after us. Yeah. <laughs> so we basically made the track good for them. <laughs> and, the, and the motorcycle, the first time I raced with the XT Yamaha 250, which ITV4 gave me, that was great. Um, and the second time I had a brand new Scrambler Ducati with zero miles on it. So then the whole time I was like, Jesus Christ, I don't want to crush this bike. It's brand new. And Ducati was like, don't worry. Like, we gave it to you for this event. But uh, I still did not want to crush a brand new motorcycle. Oh, man, that is. Oh, my God. You are living the. OK, how many how many motorcycles do you have in your garage right now that are yours? How many motorcycles are yours in your garage? Uh, at the moment, none. <laughs> Well, we have my boyfriend's Harley. Uh, my Scrambler Ducati is in the service because I keep having a problem with my uh, fuel tank. 
Okay. There was uh, some problem with the ventilation, and there was a, a lot of air pressure um, compressed inside the tank. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that's fixed, but I still cannot ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I had a, a little Adura YCF, which I gave back. Uh, that was like a long-term press bike, but I don't want to ride YCF anymore because it's like a it's like a pit bike, maybe slightly bigger than a pit bike. But okay. since I'm so tall, I actually want to get a real Adura. I mean, not that pit bikes are not real, but uh, I think I got everything that I could and I learned a lot by riding the YCF, but now it's time to move on and, you know, improve also my riding skills. So you need to learn how to, you know, step up. For example, your first motorcycle is one, two, five. Okay. When you've done with that, then you can move on into the next one, which is 250 or like Duke 390, for example. It's not that you you should, you know, buy um, a street fighter. And that's it. You you should start step by step, level by level, and slowly go higher. So as a first enduro bike, the YCF was uh, great, but now it's time for a Husqvarna 250. Ah, look at you! Good for you, baby. Good for you. Okay, so let's move on to like, how did the uh, getting involved with the Red Bull rookies come? Because that's mm-hmm. that's that's where you were introduced to the world. At least for me, that's when you to the world. Let's go one step back okay. and go to how I got become an influencer because when I bought my Ducati, I was still full-time modeling. So I was using my bike to go to castings, to work and everywhere. So slowly, step-by-step, London got to know me because I was, I was let's say I'm a, a, a good model. Like I did really good jobs. <laughs> okay, but listen, how did, how did you not get, uh, when you go to a gig, how did you not have uh, like helmet hair? You know, where your hair is all like sticking out and everything. How did you not have that? I, because I always braid my hair and just, you know, try to be calm <laughs> with my helmet on and off. <laughs> I don't know. I guess because my hair is straight, it was not a major problem. But uh, I started going to the castings and I was like, I was working back then for Topshop, for Superdrive. I was a bestseller at ASOS, like all the mainstream brands that we are shopping all the time. I was the bestseller. So I was working five times a week, sometimes seven times a week. Mm-hmm. And then Ducati saw my post because I, by fun, just start posting on my modeling account, some motorcycle pictures because I was excited. And then they contacted me and say, do you want to come to Bologna? We want to meet you. And you can try the new cafe racer uh, at the press lounge. So then uh, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. I bought my Ducati. You're inviting me suddenly now to Bologna, to the factory. And yeah, I said, okay, yeah, sure. Why not? And that's when they, we met. We become a family with Italians. They're amazing people. Like Scrambler Ducati is the first people that discovered me and saw me. And they also saw the whole potentials I could have in this industry. Because before, I would never think I can become a motorcycle influencer. And now we say the content creator, which sounds a bit nicer. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, I got some pictures. I saw how the other journalists work. And I kind of start thinking, hmm, as a model, 17 years of experience, I really know how to pose in front of camera. I work with so many different teams. I, can, I could work as a creative director. So now I'm a creative director to my own stuff. And then I become a Ducati ambassador. They start giving me press bikes. I start doing some posts, some reviews, and step by step by step, I opened this Dominica Rides Instagram that uh, you were following as well. <laughs> thank yes. you so much. No, no, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And um, yes, step by step, like uh, lots of other brands contacted me because obviously Ducati is a big brand to start with. And then when other people see a smiley, pretty, happy rider, you know, they want to work with them too. And that's how, like, I start working more and more. And Red Bull were watching my channels. So now I'm going to the your question. They <laughs> <laughs> okay. were following my Instagram and my YouTube channel. And um, they wanted to change up the things a little bit. Because before, there was uh, another um, girl doing my job, which was a fantastic presenter. Oh, which one? Which Emmy you know? was. I love Emmy. I, I, Emmy's great. Now she's in F one. Exactly. She don't even talk to. She don't even talk to me no more. Yeah, she. 
She's great, but she don't talk to me no more. She's got F1. Now oh, she's like, oh. I bet she talks to you. No. no. No, she don't talk to me no more. I'm so upset. Anyway. <laughs> I need to talk to her and tell her to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please do that. My heart is broken. But anyway, keep going. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, so she was a great presenter, but she was not riding motorcycles. So then uh, Red Bull create this like... Um, thing like a plan and they invited me as an influencer to the last race in Valencia in 2019. I was there as a VIP guest and influencer at the Red Bull Hospitality. I was there as a content creator, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm crying, I'm super excited, I'm living the dream. I didn't even know like what MotoGP is. All I knew was Valentino Rossi and Marc Marquez. You know that I was, you know, a big fan, like I knew it, but I guess I was never encouraged to watch the race or maybe I was too shy to watch the races because I didn't really know a lot of things about it. Right, right. So if you don't have like a brother or father who's watching it in the house, you know, and you grew up with that, you don't suddenly open your TV and start watching MotoGP because then you feel like, oh, like, what's going on? I don't understand anything. There's so many things that you need to know about. right. So that was like my first entry into the MotoGP world as an influencer, enjoying the paddock, meeting the riders, taking pictures. You know, it was all crazy amazing. And the last day, one of the uh, people that work at Red Bull, they sit down with me and they say, we would like to speak with you. So then I got terrified that I did some wrong post <laughs> or I made a mistake or something that I posted that was Red Bull was not happy with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, what did I do? And um, they said that <laughs> they've been following my channels and they love my passion. They love how I uh, like my how, how I do things, how I talk, what I do. And they truly believe suitable to become the next Red Bull Mother Chupiruguska presenter. And they offered me the job. Oh, that is awesome. I mean, how did you feel when they said that? Did you like... I cry, I cry and everybody was like, are you okay? <laughs> so, yeah, it's tears. Like, it's, it's happiness. Don't worry. Everything's fine. <laughs> and also, we had a journalist from Greece um, who me and him meant to be working together. But since Red Bull offered me this job, I did not have time for him. So I was like, oh, yeah, no, it's like, we're not going to do this together. I'm going to work here. <laughs> It was it was crazy. I knew like instantly, like obviously it's a dream job. Um I not even not even in my wildest dreams I would think of working in MotoGP for Red Bull. Imagine like you following your passion, you're doing what you like, you just share your everyday life, going to work, raining, sunny, happy, good times, trainings, bad times, and then suddenly Red Bull says, We love what you do. Do you want to work for us? Well, no. I mean, what you just said is what I'm doing now. Never would I think I'd be talking to you because honestly, MotoGP is my passion. I love it. So anybody involved in MotoGP, I want to talk to because they're following their passion. My whole thing is live live your life with passion and uh-huh. it'll be a better life. That's what I feel. I mean, I just feel like... Oh, so, you only live once. <laughs> yeah, as far as we know. As far as we know, you only live once. So, if, uh, so honestly, when I saw you doing every, what you do with Red Bull Rookies. And I, and, and I just love the fact that those kids are living the dream. I mean, they're, they're, they're on that, that precipice of they can they're go to the, the next level. They're the teenagers from all around the world. The Imagine. World. Yes. This is the future champions. Like, yes. How many, like, I have a list here. I'll just tell you this. Sorry, I can't remember it now because it's too late. <laughs> no, you got a concussion, so that's great. I understand. <laughs> I had a head concussion, exactly. So let's let's blame the head, the crash. <laughs> I'm not remembering that. <laughs> but, okay, so we have, uh, da, 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 da. this is MotoGP, only the ex-rookies from MotoGP class. Then we have Moto2. This is all the Moto2 riders that are ex-rookies. And in Moto3, look how many ex-rookies they are just in 2022. Holy It's crazy. Like, Moto3, it's Rusei Yamanaka, Diogo Moreira, Matteo Bertele, Scott, um, Izan Guevara, uh, Ivan Ortola, like so many, Carlos Tatayo, Olgado, all these are all ex-rookies, which means that these guys are 
going to rookies and it's the way like the road to MotoGP. From there, all the doors open and so many team like team managers and teams see them and then they move into Moto3, Moto2 and MotoGP. Now, what, what did you know? What was the first thing you noticed when you got into Red Bull Rookies Cup? Like, was it to like the, the dedication? Like the, or- the family vibe is that, you know, the, the mechanics and the people and in general, like, we all feel like it's one big family because these boys are racing with the same bikes, with the same gear. It's all up to their skills. And they are all, you know, so passionate and work really hard for this. And at the end, you know, the fastest has to win, someone has to lose. It's it's very hard, but you have to have a winner. You have to have all the people that are behind the winner and like they just keep trying and training and follow their dream. Well, and, and some then, and some of them like they mature later in life because some of them, like, uh, you know, they're 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 good, but they haven't reached that level yet. And then later on in life, they reach that level. So that's why they get another chance into the rookies. So you can stay, I believe, so like three years in the rookies. Mm-hmm. So like Luca Luneta, for example, the first year in 2020 when I started working there, that was my first season in MotoGP. Um, he was always from the last ones. In the second year, he started slowly going in the middle and sometimes going a bit better. And now he wants a few races. Like he yeah. won his first race, I think, uh, now, which was in Valencia. He also got another podium in, um, let's see, where was it? Which race? I don't want to make a mistake. Look, ah, in Saxony, he got the podium. So, which means, and also in Jerez. Um, this is a thing that you see a rider the first year and all these rider coaches see how they improve, how they, um, you know, when they give them feedback, are they able to learn? Are they able to listen? Because it's also about mentality. Like it's not about being the fastest. You right. need the whole package to yes. become a MotoGP world champion. Now- and you learn. So the rookie scab is the best way to like the entry level to the MotoGP world because you learn. And also what we do with Instagram, you know, it's like media training. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it is. It really is. It, it, it's actually the stepping stone for them to learn how, like, because if you've been to those press conferences, those MotoGP riders are always, they say the right things. They're always they media on, trained, believe me. <laughs> they really are. And they're and they're great because sometimes it's a, and it's funny because, you know, I do what I do and you do what you do. But whenever I ask a rider a question, that's the most scared I ever get in life. And I get nervous. <laughs> but those guys no, are trying like you're talking to your friend they're 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 the same as that they're humans yeah they just media trained <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah okay is there a rider that in the last three years have done it that what riders that say what riders have for some reason they just they hold a special place in your heart for whatever reason maybe maybe they don't have to be the winners maybe just because you see them trying harder than anybody else and it's just not working or maybe for whatever reason, what what writers that come to your mind that have really stuck you in your heart? Well, as I said, we have 26 writers, 16 nationalities. They're 14 to 17 years old teenagers. Uh, they're all very special and unique in their own way. Um, some, some writers, obviously, since they're a teenager and I'm a girl, are a bit more shy. Some of them are a bit more friendly. Some of them change. You know, these years you can be 14 when you enter the rookie scout and the next year when you're older, maybe, you know, your brain is slightly different or you can feel like, oh, you're a man now. <laughs> so it, it's a teenager's year. So we have to understand that. Yeah. <laughs> that. Some boys are more boys' boys and some are more like manly men. Now they already start having girlfriends and stuff. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> Now, do you feel like a do you feel like a mom in a way? Like you watch um, your. Bo- I feel like their sister, their best friend, their mom, um, their boss. Yeah. So they also respect me. So there is a. Obviously, they're not as scared of me as the Red Bull bosses, for example, because I'm super close with them and we speak and I see them. As you said, I see them when they cry and they had a crash. I see them when they win on the podium and they're excited. So the more moments we have like this, then the more this relationship is built up. 
Um, they're all amazing, you know, with some are slightly more friend than others, but it's only because um, they also allow it. So there is no, you know, they don't have that wall and they're a bit more open and friendly and nice. But, you know, they're all they're all my friends. <laughs> Honestly, when I was in Valencia and I saw you and I didn't I didn't know how you were going to react because, you know, I, it's weird because when you talk to somebody on Instagram, especially DM and you don't know them and then you see them in person, it could be like, oh, my God. And I realize I'm a lot to handle when you see me up because I'm a lot of energy. But you took me over to the Red Bull tent and man, it was just I just loved your relationship with them. And like I can't just to convey to the people out there just how they were. I mean, they're getting ready for the race. They're getting mentally prepared, but they still, they saw yeah. you, they saw yeah. you and they were so yeah, friendly. Family. That's the thing. As I said, at the beginning, we are a family. So I have, I play my own role. They have their own role. The mechanics have their role and all together we are like the dream team. You know, this is, this is so special. And then we can make the cup. Like, thanks to the sponsors, we are able to have a good cup. And these teenagers don't need to pay because, you know, there's a lot of money involved in motorsports. Yes. And lots of families need to sell their houses, cars, kidneys <laughs> for, <laughs> the game, for their kids. Right? Yeah, they're selling <laughs> kidneys. <laughs> but, but, okay, so, like... All the riders, so you've been in for three years, whatever. But what rider did you did you look at and go, holy moly, this guy is going to be a champion? Really Pedro, cool. Pedro Acosta. I was going to say the same thing when I saw that guy, what he did, and and Red Bull rookie. I go, who? My boyfriend was like Pedro, Pedro, Pedro from day one. I was like, really? And then when I saw him, like he didn't even speak any English when we met the first year. And yeah. then step by step, like we, I, I, I taught him some English and then we did lots of work on Instagram. And now look, he's a grown up man, like doing such a good interviews and being such a good writer. And he was so dedicated to like to his values and what he wants and what he likes and try not to get distracted from left or right and just stay focused. Um, he was a special one for sure. Yeah, I mean, honestly, he's. Um, I'm glad you said that. I was gonna say the same thing, but I'm glad you said it. Yeah, Pedro is a different level. Did you see that? But did you see the same thing in Ivan Guevara? Ivan, yes, not so much. He's a very different character. A lot more quiet. Uh, also on the track, he's not that pushy and crazy, as far as I know. Like Daniel Gado, for example, another good friend of mine. Uh, also, his sister came to the races, and she's super funny. And uh, he he was like a lot more aggressive. And when he moved into Moto Three, you see, he's doing uh, pretty well, and he's fighting through for the podium. So this year again, he will be in KTM Ayo, if I believe, or Tech Tech Trua or KTM Ayo. Oh gosh, don't get me on the. Oh, I'm not quite sure which one, but I know it's a KTM. Yeah, yeah. Man, I, I do you get, do you get excited like you excited about next year already or do you do you need that break? Because I know it's a long season and next year is going to be really long. The season's going to be longer, new tracks. Do you get a little sense of like but Our rookies, our rookies have seven stops. So, we have a lot less compared to MotoGP because our races are only in Europe. Okay. Which means we have a race Saturday and Sunday. So, we have two races per race weekend. Mhm. So um, I miss I miss not being in the other places when MotoGP is racing. Like it feels weird to be home and not have a rookie cup race while the MotoGP is on. But as there are teenagers, you know, with the families and everything, still traveling and supporting, I guess is a is a great way, you know, to have only seven stops and two races per weekend. Honestly, I I I commend you for that, and I I wish that uh, Red Bull Rookie Cup got more pub because it's really great. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, when, when I'm there for the seat, when I'm there for the races live, you know, after uh, the last session for Moto2 is over, if, you know, if that's format, then Red Bull Rookies Cup comes and people sometimes leave and I go, no, stay and that's watch the these guys. One, yeah. yeah, they are. Stay and watch. Cause when I was in Valencia and I, and I watched those last two races it was for the championship, it was so interesting to watch it. I mean, you're intrigued going, come on, man, you got to, you, yeah. you to make yeah. this move because you got to get this championship and it was and also just so how good. fascinating it is to see these teenagers going 215 kilometers per hour 
It's like, incredible. They're, really, like, they're going so fast. It's and they're this close to each other. This close. Yeah, so it's really, I mean, I, it's so intriguing. It's so great. Now, move on to you. Do you, How long do you want to work, Red Bull? I mean, what's uh, your eventual also, goals? One thing before we, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I wanted to say is that when Red Bull offered me this job, I had no idea how to do presenting because I did not go to a presenting school or journalist or anything. So they said, don't worry, we'll train you. And they pay a BBC journalist from UK and I had two Zoom sessions online and then <laughs> so then I learned how to become a presenter basically just by practicing it and working. And since I was so good on social media, they also asked me to do the social media for the Red Bull Rookies Cup account on Instagram. So I also do some TikTok videos and all the stories on the Red Bull Rookies Cup. So if you go there on the highlights, you can basically see everything we do throughout the race weekend, like track walk, FP1, FP2, quali, free practice, some fun moments, interviews with the boys, some details about every circuit we are. Um, it's, it's very interesting. And I try to like mix it up and show our riders, maybe some mechanics, our sponsors, a little bit of everything. So people get the idea, especially when I started working, we had COVID and uh, there were no spectators. And also the kids, they were allowed to have only one helper with them, which is usually their dad. So which means. Uh Oh, stuck. Oh, no. And they were messaging me on Instagram saying, uh, like, thank you, Dominica. Thanks to you. Like, uh, I, I can see my son. Like, I'm so happy. Thank you for being so kind and showing us. Because some interviews I tried to feature all the boys. And they were unable to, you know, to be on the circuit due to COVID uh, rules. And uh, yeah, I was I was very happy, and that's how I felt like I'm actually doing something good because if their moms are telling me <laughs> that they're enjoying the stories, then people are getting a positive feedback from this. No, you. I mean, just everything you do is just so positive. When you see you in public, you're just nothing but a big ball of just great energy. You're like a sun of energy and fun and just you're warming and you're everything. So what's, what's your overall goal now? Like, like how long do you want to do this? And do you want to, how long um, do you want to model? I'm very happy with, with the rookies. Like I still model now, but it's a selective jobs. Like I'll be on the cover of Vogue Greece in December. Congratulations. <laughs> yes. Cause, cause if people don't know, I was supposed to do this interview last week. She goes, Hey, listen, sorry, but I got to do Vogue magazine. I go, well, you go ahead and do that Vogue magazine. I go, I understand. Trust me. <laughs> so congratulations. Yeah, sorry for canceling last minute, but they booked me for the job. So I couldn't say no. It's Vogue. It's Vogue, baby. I understand. Trust me. I would have canceled me for Vogue. So yeah. So good for you. Good for you. I'm happy for you. So and so so what do you go now when it's all over when it's all I'm very happy I want to stay with the rookies for sure a okay. couple of more years because I really like it uh-huh. um ideally I would like to have my own show for example how is um how was the top gear I would like to do something like that but with motorcycles and have some guests some nice crew Travel, um, try different bikes, set up some games, have different people because there's lots of celebrities that ride motorcycles. Like me. Uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you will be one of our guests for sure. I'll put you on the list. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be expecting that phone call. <laughs> I'll be looking at my cell phone like, must be broke. <laughs> Get the flat track race. I'll invite you so I can teach you some flat track. Yes, I would love to. I would love to. And I would, I would, I take great notes. So yes, I would love for you to teach me flat track. I would love for you. Now when it's all. Would be great. Okay. Um, In general, I would like to become a bit more professional on YouTube because at the moment I'm editing, filming, uploading everything by myself and would be really nice to maybe have a crew and that they will do all that editing and that job and. Okay. Okay. 
would be great. And just in general, like um, I'm very open. I want to stay in the motorcycle industry. I really like this. Um, so we'll see where the you know where the where the road will take me. I'm just following my passion. I have few few dreams and few goals that uh, we will see, and also whatever you know new comes in and we like it, we'll keep it. So, now, would you like to get into acting someday, maybe? Sorry, what? Would you, would you like to get into acting someday, maybe acting? Um, uh, yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of models that become actors after. Um, I wouldn't mind playing a James Bond movie, but I need to ride the motorcycle. There you go. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that, that, that's, uh, that's a good one. Um, as long as there is motorcycle involved. I actually did my first double uh, cascader job for a series called The Breach on TV and the, the the woman was a police officer and obviously she didn't know how to ride. So I had to wear a brown wig, put the clothes on and pretend like I'm her and like chasing people um, in Athens. So, so that was hilarious. Nice, nice. <laughs> that was good. Um, acting, um, not full time for sure, but I wouldn't mind playing some roles as long as there's not cycles involved. So. Okay. Now, when it's all said and done, we'll with, see. I do like the presenting side. Okay. Now, would you rather be known as a supermodel or something in the motorcycle industry? I mean, would you rather be known as a great motorcycle rider? No, or no. Supermodel? Like the, the modeling, modeling was never my dream. Like I, I enjoy the traveling. I enjoy the creativity, but it's not something I want. To Um, suffocating and I'm not doing something that I truly like because as a model you're a blank canvas you are a little soldier that you have to follow the rules and they book you for that blank canvas that you are and they create the personality of the it's almost like acting that's why I say I'm not sure if I want to be an actor yeah and uh, with what I do right now I can actually for the first time in my life can be myself that's great i mean honestly you're a great self you are a great <laughs> self and i mean it from the bottom of my heart before we got here in, in make me happy that's the thing like they make me really happy and that's why i'm this happy smiley rider because i also choose motorcycles to review because that's the ones i like i'm not going to choose for example triumph which i'm not that passionate about but i'm going to choose Kathy, which they make my heart beat <laughs> um it's it's um, that's why you don't see much negativity on my channel because I prefer not to involve with a brand that I don't like or I truly don't believe or I see you know it's not up to my standards or it's not matching my style. That's why it's mostly positive things on my Instagram because it's things that I personally choose and I'm my own boss. It's it's all positivity on your channel. It's all positivity. Before we get out of here, any beauty secrets for me? Like, well, how can I maintain my beauty? I mean, I want to be like you as far as beautiful skin and everything. So any beauty secrets? Eight hours of sleep. I can suggest for sure eight hours of sleep. Okay. You know these, these gel things that you put under your eyes? Yes. Yes. Like this. Yes. They are perfect for the morning to make your eyes look, you know, deep up and make you look nice and fresh. It really works. Okay. Okay. I'm going to do that. All because and, of you. Uh, listen, because I need a selfie when you do it. Please. <laughs> I'm going to do that. I'm going to get a selfie and I'm going to send it okay. to you with the puff. Uh, I promise I will. Okay, great. I promise you I will. Okay, cool. Deal. We have a deal. <laughs> Pinky promise. <laughs> All right, listen. We're about to get out of here. If there's any place... If the dream ride, a place you that that it's on your bucket list. I hate to say bucket list. I just say just yeah, do it. List. I do, I do, I do. What is your? What you is your? You want to know where? What is it? Where? Where? Wow, it's a place where I start my modeling career. Japan. Yeah, <laughs> you found it. Mount Fuji. You I wanna... want to. I want to know, I've been there for a photo shoot, but I actually want to go and start my trip from Tokyo and go all the way to Hokkaido or all the way to Okinawa. So it depends on the weather. Yeah, would be great. Okay. 
Okay. The Bet. debate is, I don't know if I want to ride Ducati or Harley. We will see. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good problem to have. That's a good problem to have. Dominic. riding. Like Harleys are a bit more chill, low rider. Ducatis are a bit more sporty. Um, mm. like, <laughs> we will see. But I really, I hope I really can make it next year because Japan, it's somewhere where I start my modeling career and I didn't even speak any English back then. <laughs> Yeah. And now I would like to go there after all these years and just experience it through a different way, not by working, by by enjoying the Japanese culture, the food that I love. And in yes. general, I do feel like I'm half Japanese. So. <laughs> hey, Dominica, honestly, <laughs> it has been a pleasure talking to you. I mean, it from the bottom of my heart, I've learned so much more about you than I knew. And I just love it. Thank you so much for your time. I mean it from the bottom of oh, my heart. thank you. Anything else you want to say to the people? Anything you want to plug? Anything? Well, I also want to say that I really enjoyed this uh, podcast, live video. How do yes. we call it? Yeah, podcast. A podcast. Yes, yes. Podcast, yeah. 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 It's awesome because you're uh, such a great soul and full of amazing energy and you are very passionate about motorcycles. So we do have something in common. Yeah. We're best friends without even knowing <laughs> yeah, so thank you so much. Yeah, exactly. Dominique rides. And thank guys, you so much. Always wear your protective gear when you ride. And don't look at me right now. <laughs> I will be fit to ride uh, in a few weeks. <laughs> Dominique, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Watch oh, the Red Bull Rookies so Cup. She is the host of the Red Bull Rookies Cup as Dominique rides. You're going to love her. Watch her next season. I'm BT for Tales from a Gemini saying thank you so much. And you know the word. Peace.